0: And, you know, the whole vitamin D thing is another example of that. And, of course, I take that issue on a little bit in my book, that, yes, it's an important fat-soluble nutrient. Our ancestors probably got a good 4,000 IU a day in, in the diets that they consumed, probably 10 times what the RDA is and has been for a while. You know, the problem with all of this research going on with vitamin D is that now what people are doing is they're running around you know, buying vitamin D, popping vitamin D without testing first to see what their you know levels already are, whether they need it or not, although most people seem to need it to yeah. some degree. But they don't recognize that, for instance, for every receptor on every cell in your body for vitamin D, there are at least two receptors for vitamin A. The two need to work together in order to function well. There are a number of other nutrients that support uh, you know the function of both vitamin A and D in the body, and all of these things kind of have to be exist in some relative balance. If you yeah. take vitamin D to the exclusion of vitamin A, and when I say vitamin A, I do not mean beta-carotene. I mean vitamin A, preformed animal source vitamin A, the only place vitamin A truly exists in retinoic acid in its true vitamin A form is in animal source foods. Vitamin A doesn't really exist in plants except as carotenoids. It takes at least six units of beta carotene for your body under optimal conditions to manufacture one molecule of vitamin A. And it's not necessarily, doesn't occur reliably in small children. It doesn't occur at all. Very young children lack Um, the ability to make those metabolic conversions. They develop that later on. Maybe that's a reason why some kids don't like vegetables because they're not able to make optimal use of them. I don't know. If we consume vitamin D in excess, either in excess of what we need or or we are deficient in vitamin A and we take vitamin D, vitamin D can become toxic at much lower doses. The same is true the other way around. If we're consuming too much vitamin A and this is something that is an area of, of a lot of controversy right now because there are people out there trying to meet their vitamin D needs by running out to the, to the grocery store or the health food store and buying cod liver oil. And the cod liver oil is sort of is marketed as a vitamin A and D supplement. And it sounds good on the surface of things, but cod liver oil is predominantly a vitamin A food. Vitamin D is not stored in the liver. A lot of people think it is. It's not. It's a fat-soluble nutrient. It's stored largely in body fat diffusely throughout the body. There is some in the liver. Most commercial cod liver oil has very little vitamin D, has a lot more vitamin A to it. So if you're trying to get all your vitamin D needs met by taking nothing but cod liver oil, you may have a very hard time doing that. Um, Some brands don't have any more than 21 IU of vitamin D in them. The ones that have 400 IU, almost always, it's been added um, artificially to the product to try to boost the D content. There are some brands of what they call high-vitamin cod liver oil that you can buy online. I know Green Pastures makes it. They have a fermented cod liver oil that smells and tastes awful, although you can get it in capsules and it's a lot more doable, Uh, but that has much, much higher levels of naturally occurring vitamin D, and those are better, but the concern being raised by the vitamin D councils that, you know, people are getting way too much vitamin A. Too much vitamin A is not good. Too much vitamin D and too little vitamin A is not good. You need some kind of relative balance of these things. So is too much vitamin A bad or too much vitamin A in relation to vitamin D? Uh, Well, both. both. Most people, you know, if you eat a serving uh, of liver a week or if you're taking a tablespoon or two of cod liver oil a day, I'm not saying that cod liver oil is a bad thing. I, I really don't want to say that because that's part of what's, kind of been hitting the airwaves as 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 a controversy that oh cod liver oil is bad the vitamin D council says cod liver oil is bad it's not bad it's just that we need to get extra D from other sources and if you live in a northern climate we are not getting adequate sun exposure and uh, you're not getting sufficient you know, fats to be able to supply adequate vitamin D. And some of the issue too has to do with just all of the pro-inflammatory things that we're being exposed to and all the toxins and whatever in our environment. I suspect our vitamin D requirements have probably increased. There's also a higher degree of autoimmune disease because we become, as a culture, a lot more susceptible to the, the antigenic impact of grains on our diet What's and, antigenic? you know, celiac disease and all that kind of a thing. Gluten sensitivity is something now that is, is linked to virtually every autoimmune disease. And we know that the incidence of gluten sensitivity has come up exponentially in just the last 50 years and and that it, it's a virtually epidemic kind of a thing. So we have a lot more autoimmune. We know that vitamin D helps to modulate and, and can be a preventative to some degree of autoimmune uh, illness. And so our vitamin D requirements are probably quite a bit higher than they ever used to be and it's not necessarily a lot in the food supply. So what I personally do is take a tablespoon or two of cod liver oil a day. I think the vitamin A is is very very good to get. We need it. We absolutely require it for a body to function normally and healthfully. And then I take an emulsified form of vitamin D. Why I like emulsified d is that emulsification means this fat-soluble nutrient has been made, has been rendered both fat and water-soluble. Why that's good is that for some people, some people have difficulty digesting fats well. The emulsification can help a little bit with better absorption. But the other side to that is that if you consume too much, it is easier for your body to excrete the excesses and so it's a, it's a safer way to go with supplementing vitamin d if you're going to do that obviously the the best and safest way to get vitamin d if you live in a place where you're close to the equator and you're and you're not using uh um, you know sunblocks and spf junk please don't use those things is just good old fashioned sunlight your body will take sunlight and that will combine in your skin with cholesterol and and vitamin D analogs like D2 and form usable D3 and and if you get good amount of sunlight um, that is the safest way or you have access to UVB uh, you know uh, ultraviolet light there are you know lamps people can get now and things like that that will help supply that that's probably the safest way to produce it. But in lieu of that, supplementation, I think if you live especially anywhere north of, you know, very very north of the equator, and I know here in the Pacific Northwest where we not only have a poorer angle of of the sun in the sky, even in the summertime, but we also have months on end where it's sort of gray, drab, and dreary, vitamin D deficiencies around here are absolutely epidemic. Supplementation becomes a very practical and I think a necessary issue And I like the emulsified forms of of vitamin D personally. And the other thing I say always is, please, it's not that expensive to test. You can go to directlabs.com and order a vitamin D test. It's not going to break you every several months, at least for a while, so that you get a sense of where your vitamin D levels are at, and then you know whether you have healthy levels of D. The Vitamin D Council says that the levels at least in studies shown to be the most protective against cancers, for instance, are somewhere between 60 to 80 nanograms per deciliter or milliliter that's probably what most people should shoot for. If you have an autoimmune illness, you may need higher levels than that, more like 80 to 100, maybe closer to what you'd want because you're not going to utilize vitamin D is efficiently and you need more of it. Anyway, that's my my little homily on on the whole vitamin D issues. It's great that they're finally paying attention to a vitamin that they used to think of as toxic that they're giving some attention uh, to the nutritive value of fat soluble nutrients. But Again, these things get studied in isolation, and they, they, they are marketed in isolation from the other nutrients that your body actually needs to make use of it, and I think that that's a real problem, a very real problem.